it's uh, pretty clear to me that my main priority, I was talking about this a little bit in the podcast episode yesterday, but my priority is getting the Steam trailer ready. Um, and I also realized that the Steam trailer and the Kickstarter trailer are going to have to be different because at least at first I was going to have them be almost the same. And at least for now, I'm going to have them be pretty different because I think the Steam trailer needs to be shorter than the Kickstarter trailer by a significant amount. So the reason I've been, uh, the reason I realized this is because I've kind of dived into the um, creating a good Steam page, uh, I guess, advice and, and kind of best practices. And a lot of this has come from Chris Zukowski. Uh, you can check out his YouTube channel. And uh, he has a website, I think, as well. I don't remember exactly what it's called. It might be... Yeah, I don't remember his website. But you could just look up Chris Zukowski on Google and you'll find his information. Um, it's a lot of great information, really critical for indie developers. Uh, you should definitely be following his advice. Uh, I think it's neat because he did like a study, I guess, where he had Steam users record themselves shopping Steam and um, picked up on their behaviors, uh, like the things that they tend to do when they're evaluating a new game. And I just think that's cool because I'm a huge fan of uh, recording your target audience as they're interacting with your thing and then uh, gleaning information from that. So. As you can tell, my voice is still not great. I'm still sick. Um, but yeah, so the Steam trailer, uh, the information, the stuff that I've been learning about best practices, uh, one of the things Chris Zukowski says is that if you're doing a pixel art game, uh, you really need a trailer, uh, even if that trailer is essentially just a sequence of GIFs, because um, pixel art, uh, it can be hard to tell the quality of pixel art based on uh, based on just screenshots. And I, when he said this, I was like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, when you're looking at a game that uses pixel art as its graphics, uh, it can be it can be deceiving because you can it's pretty easy to get pixel art down that looks relatively good. Uh, but the hard thing is animating that pixel art and making it look good in motion. And so when a Steam user comes to a game page and they're trying to see, um, they're trying to look at that game page, they have some questions that they're trying to answer, right? That one of the first questions they're trying to answer is, uh, is this game in a genre that I like? And so they want to know what genre the game is. So you want to tell them what genre the game is. And part of that, and maybe kind of its own point as well, is telling them what you do in the game. So what are the verbs of the game? What are the actions the player can perform? Uh, do they avoid bullets? Do they slash at enemies with a sword? Do they buy stuff in a shop to upgrade to their, their character? Uh, what, what are the, do they select specific skills on some sort of a menu to use during a turn-based battle? They're, they're trying to determine what they can actually do in the game. Uh, and then another thing that they're concerned with, and this is kind of where the trailer comes in, 
is they're trying to determine if the game is quality. Uh, what is the quality of this game? Is it a high quality a game or is it a low quality game? And uh, Steam shoppers are pretty harsh in that regard. They have a lot of uh, initial. They'll make they'll make very quick judgments about your game based on just how it looks and the presentation. And so uh, you can sometimes get around that using demos, allowing them to download a free demo. If it, uh, you know, I think Vampire Survivors managed to kind of get around that because if you if you just see Vampire Survivors, it doesn't really look like the best game. It doesn't really look like a quality game. But it is a quality game, and it's because the quality isn't in the visuals. It's in the design itself, right? And so uh, a demo can kind of help help with that problem. But for me, for now, I don't, I don't have that luxury. I'm not releasing a demo on Steam. So I have to be able to persuade customers to wishlist the game uh, based on the presentation of it. And if you look at the screenshots that I have on the Steam page right now, um, first of all, I reworked them yesterday. I completely reworked them. Um, I tried to pick screenshots that give a better indication of the verbs, of the actions that you do in the game. And then I tried to sp- pick screenshots with more variety. And uh, so I will say that some of this advice came from Matt Hackett too. He looked at my Steam page and gave me a lot of feedback and and I think that was kind of the catalyst uh, for me jumping down this rabbit hole of, of Steam page um, optimization. I don't know if that's what you call it. But yeah, but at the same time, even with those better screenshots that I have there, and I have a lot of animated GIFs in the description for the game, but you know, people don't look at the description of the game until they're already interested in it. So they might not even ever see those GIFs. Uh, so I need a trailer because the trailer is going to be essentially a sequence of, it's like the screenshots, but in motion. That's what I'm going for. Um, to show them to, again, show them the genre, show them the actions that they perform in the game. And, um, so I want it to be pretty short and I'm probably not going to do voiceover on the steam trailer, at least for now because people don't really listen to the audio usually anyway. I will have some background music for the trailer, uh, but I probably won't have voiceover. So that's my goal for today. The main, the main goal for today is to get a Steam trailer up. And um, I'm actually pretty excited about it, despite, despite, I mean, I hate, I absolutely hate, uh, video editing <laughs> I right I have a big YouTube channel and I hate video editing and I really don't edit videos that often I usually my philosophy or my my approach to videos has been if it if I really messed it up then I just have to re-record the video and do another take so I just don't really do a lot of editing and I think that that has that has um that approach has worked for me. I wouldn't suggest it for everybody. Um, I think the editing is usually better, but I don't like to do it. So 
despite the fact that I don't like editing, I'm actually kind of excited about doing the Steam trailer video today. Um, once I do that, I'm going to announce the Steam page publicly. I'm also going to be doing a short kind of devlog on my YouTube channel about the game to start letting the letting my channel know about it, letting people know about it. Um, because I really need to start building Steam wishlists. In fact, you know, I, last week I did a podcast episode talking about how long the Kickstarter was the Kickstarter stuff was taking, how long the Steam page was taking, and how it was really frustrating to be doing both of them, and how I kind of wish I w wasn't doing the Kickstarter. And the more I learn, the more I realize that um, your priority, uh, the question of the question of will this game make money? Will people pay for this game? I think can be s relatively safely answered through wish lists. If you get enough wish lists, you're going to make money on the game at launch. And it's not 100%. Obviously, a Kickstarter would be more certain because if people pay for the game, uh, then you know they'll pay for the game. <laughs> so they're already paying for it. So 100% answers that question, right? You can kind of gauge how well how well your game converts using a Kickstarter. But I think you can also gauge uh, relatively safely with wish lists, and that can save you a lot of time because running a Kickstarter takes away from development, right? If you're running a Kickstarter for a, for a month, that's a month that you can't be developing the game. And, and, and that's just something to consider. It doesn't mean that's a bad thing. It's just something that you should consider. There's a cost to, to running a Kickstarter. And then you need to be transparent with your backers. There's, there's a lot of work involved in that. With the, with the book Kickstarter or Indiegogo that I did, I was doing weekly updates for something like, I don't know, it was, it was like, it was something like 10 months where I did weekly updates. And, and sometimes there are short updates, you know, it's not like it was super hard, but it's just one more thing to keep in mind. So I think, you know, in the future, uh, I'll probably do a Kickstarter for Demon Lock still when I do end up doing Demon Lock um, because I already have a large following built up on Kickstarter for Demon Lock and I don't want to waste that following. Um, there's a lot of people already interested in it. However, uh, I think with other projects, I will definitely consider using wish lists as a way to try and answer the question of will people pay for this um, instead of Kickstarter. There will be projects where I do that. You know, I see, I see Jonas Tyroller, for example. He's a YouTuber. He did, um, he was part of the team that made Islanders. He made Will You Snell. He just released Thronefall. Um, has a great devlog series about Thronefall, actually, which I think is, in my opinion, essentially a free masterclass on how to, on how to uh, develop and release and market a game. Like, I mean, a lot of his marketing stuff he did uh, with, with his YouTube channel. So you have to keep that in mind doing YouTube devlogs. Not everybody can do that. But, but yeah, I mean, like 
it's a great, great series. So check it out if you haven't yet. But uh, he released a trailer video for Thronefall. And in the trailer video on his YouTube channel, he I, I'm paraphrasing him, but he said something like, I don't even have to post this here because we have enough wish lists that I know it's going to do well. And like at the time when I first heard that, I didn't really understand what that meant. And I think I'm starting to get a better understanding of what that means. Uh, he also, uh, him and his partner, business partner, they also released their game in early access, which uh, I think my book, Production Point, kind of discourages against an early access release. And it's just because the, one of the dangers with early access is that you release the game and it, it doesn't sell enough, but it does sell. And so, like, let's say you have a game, uh, you're working on it, you release it in early access, and you get, and you sell the game for $10, and you get 100 sales, right? 100 sales is what, $1,000? And after Steam takes its 30%, and after taxes, you get, what, $500? Am I doing my math right? 10 times 100 is 1,000. Yeah, that's right. So, like, you get $500, right? Is that going to justify continuing to work on the game? No, it probably doesn't even pay for the cost to develop the game up to that point, let alone justify continuing to work on it. And then your game gets shadow banned on Steam. The algorithm says, okay, nobody's really buying this game, so we're going to hide it and stop showing it to people. And no matter how hard you work to get views and sales, it's not going to sell very well. And, and, but guess what? You have a hundred customers. So you made har hardly any money, right? But you have a hundred customers now. And, and so those customers are going to be want they're going to feel entitled to updates because you told them it was early access. You told them you were going to keep working on it. And they probably are entitled to those updates, right? You've, you've set up an expectation that you're going to update this game. Um, but then now your game isn't selling. So you're kind of trapped. And what happens is developers will ghost, right? Um, they, won't, they won't know how to handle the situation because, because they can't they've kind of made a promise that they can't keep and it's unfair to them and it's unfair to the customer and it, you know, because they might not be in a position to be able to keep that promise. Now, if you make a bunch of money um, somewhere else or you like, you know, maybe, maybe you can keep that promise. Maybe you have a day job, you know, or maybe, um, maybe you have the financial means to be able to continue working on the game, even though it didn't sell well, but not everybody is going to have that luxury, right? So then developers just ghost. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm kind of jumping down that worst case scenario, but I think it's something that people don't think about. They don't consider. And that's why we end up with the, you know, these early access games where the developer has ghosted the community and people are mad. And like that's really bad for their, their brand, right? And their reputation. So and bad for their customers. 
sucks for the customers who have put money into something that's never going to be finished. So I think Jonas, Ty Roller, they, they released their game in early access, but guess what? They had a big enough wish list that they knew, they had a pretty good idea of how well it was going to sell based on their wish list. Wish lists convert relatively reliably. Um, I, I know there are exceptions to that, but, but if you have a good wish list, then you can kind of, you can say, okay, well, I'm probably going to get about this much money. You know the game's not going to flop. If you have 20,000 wish lists, you know it's not going to completely flop. I mean, that depends a little bit on how much time you've put into the game, but if you've had a lean development cycle, then, then you're going to be doing pretty good. So... So I guess it opens it for me, it kind of opened up my eyes to early access as a possibility as well. If you have a significant wish list, then early access might be an option uh, because, because you have an, enough of a wish list that you know you're going to be able to fund continued development, or you'll have a pretty good idea that you're going to be able to fund continued development. So th those are kind of my realizations, and I'm not going to do early access for Wazard. At least it's not in the plans. I won't say never. I won't say never, but I don't want to do early access. I'd rather have my early access is going to be um, the Kickstarter backers get access or, or a, a, a portion of the Kickstarter backers get access to the game early earlier than everybody else. So my Kickstarter backers will get kind of an early access, but nobody else really will. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of my plan. I'm not planning on releasing an early access. When Wazard releases, it'll be a finished game. But I am planning on doing updates for the game after. Uh, like I'm not planning on just releasing the game and not having any updates. So even though it won't release an early access, it will have post-launch updates. Um, multiple post-launch updates to continue to develop the game. Um, uh, I guess in, in it, as I get information from the players who are playing the game, right? Um, making adjustments, balance adjustments, maybe even adding content and stuff to the game um, post-launch. Some of that depends on how well it does, but... Um, I would like to add content post-launch. So I'm looking forward to doing multiple updates after, after launching. But now that we've st we started out the episode, zoomed clear in on, on a Steam trailer video so I can build wish lists, and I somehow managed to zoom clear out to whether or not I'm going to do early access when I launch the game. <laughs> So let's zoom back in. Let's focus back in on the here and now. My goal today is, is to release, uh, is to finish the Steam trailer, finish a basic Steam trailer, put it on Steam, and, and send out a message to my Discord about the, the Steam page to get wishlists to build wishlists and I'll make a podcast episode tomorrow and um, 
you all can be my accountability partners. <laughs> I'm going to post on the, I'm going to talk about how I did tomorrow in the podcast episode. And, uh, and then I think my goal tomorrow will be to make that devlog and um, publish that to YouTube, talking about the game and asking people to wish list it. So we'll see. We'll see about that goal. But that's the goal for today. Steam trailer, small steam trailer. It'll be, you know, I already have a draft, so I'm not just starting from scratch today. I get to use the draft to kind of build the trailer. So upload a steam trailer and launch the page in my Discord to get wishlist. So that's the goal. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Wishlist Wazard on Steam, and I will see you all in the next episode.